Hello, welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, a podcast by pet sitters for pet sitters. I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And we are at the Texas Pet Sitters Conference. We are indeed. We're just just actually in the middle of day two, officially, uh, and we're all taking a break, enjoying the, the nice, sunshiny days outside. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far getting, getting connected with people who we are, know on the internet, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're tiny Facebook pictures. <laughs> right. I think I even recognized somebody's car from an Instagram post <laughs> in, yeah. in the parking lot. So, uh, no, it is a really wonderful time. There's about 115 people here. Um, yeah, we've heard from Kate McQuillan with Pet Sitters Ireland so far. She talked about marketing as a business owner, a little bit of blogging, which is super important. Yeah, blogging has been a big topic, I know. And it's something that it's it's a reminder that it's, it's first, it's really hard to stay on top of unless you come in with a plan because time gets away from you and topics are hard to come up with. But having planning out a, a, a schedule for at least a month or two of at least topic ideas really helps you be consistent with that. And you'll find that as you get that muscle built, it becomes just a little bit easier to do that. And it's also understanding that these don't have to be big 10-page research topics. Right? We're only talking a thousand words or less for a blog to keep it readable and for the attention span of most people. But they really are crucial to your website because... Google is going to surface that information. And if you put a blog out that says, you know, why cat daily cat visits are so important, they're going to know, okay, this company with this website does cat sitting visits. And when people go to search in Google for cat sitting, you're going to pop up. Right. And and they're shareable too. Don't forget about that aspect of when you have somebody who asks you a question about why do you do things a certain way? Share that back out to them. You can say, hey, here explains it more in depth. And then that's something you can also put and share out on social media as well of here's something that we talk a lot about of why we need daily cat visits or or things like that or how many litter boxes do you need for each cat. Having that as a resource, that's what it becomes. It's, it's yes, the SEO, but then it's a resource. It's a tool that you can share out for potential clients or existing clients as their circumstances change as well. We also heard from a personal trainer that said if you walk 10 minutes after a meal, that has been proven to be more effective than if you just walk 60 minutes randomly throughout the day. Yeah, and really the point there was it's not just when you it's not just that you exercise. It's important of when you exercise and how things are timed and that when we look at making these big life-changing decisions for how we are going to live, to have a plan for that. So again, it comes back to that consistency of, I need, I know I need to walk every day. Uh, and we walk a lot as dog walkers, as pet sitters, but here is an intentional act that I am doing and I need to schedule that. I need to have that on my calendar. I need to have reminders set in place for that and have space in my day that are going to allow me to do that. An important point that he brought up was trying to do too much at one time. So he said people who make lifestyle changes, who make one lifestyle change at a time, do significantly better than people who change try to change two or three things at the same time. So if you're wanting to eat healthier, you don't cut out all sweets and all carbs and all soda all at the same time, you would pick one of those. Or say it's something in your business of, I want to shrink my service area, I want to raise my prices, and I want to add a service at the same time. You wouldn't do all three of those. You would pick one. And that's something that we have from our science background, too. If you change one variable at a time, and usually that's in the context of figuring out what a problem is or figuring out what's going to make the biggest impact. But it's also just from the reality of 
of it's easier to manage one change at a time. It's easier to stay consistent with that and allows you to really see the impact that that one thing is or is not making on your life. So you know how to make additional changes. Well, we are sitting here with Beth from PSI. Hi, Beth. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Really excited to have you and for you to be here at this conference. I mean, how many years has have, have you been attending this? I think I've lost count. We were, I think, if we were not at the first Texas conference, we were at the second, I believe. So we've been a sponsor for several years now, and I have been amazed at how much has grown year over year. And so we're always excited to get a chance to come to Texas and see everyone. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about PSI and what you all do. So we are the largest educational association for pet sitters and dog walkers. And so we offer a variety of business tools and educational resources for pet sitting and dog walking business owners. And our focus is education. And that's why we love events like this, because coming together face-to-face, there's not a better learning opportunity. Why do you think being in person and these kind of events is so impactful for people? I think that pet sitting and dog walking can be a lonely career. And so you can take advantage of webinars and wonderful podcasts like yours and our magazine. And those resources are great. But there's something about coming together and just being face-to-face with people that know your struggles. They're in that same profession. And just the synergy that takes place, uh, you can't find it anywhere else. Or even just going to dinner with someone or taking a walk during a break. You can really commiserate with what we do and, and know that you are not alone. Exactly. And even, I mean, I've been in this industry with PSI for... It'll be 20 years in September, uh, but I'm in, the, you know, I'm in the sessions taking notes still, but then it's at, you know, it's at lunch or dinner. I think I have my, most, my biggest aha moments, just hearing what other people are doing with their business or what their struggles are or what solutions they found to their problems. Uh, and so exactly, it's outside of those session times. I think that's where the magic happens a lot. Well, you, you mentioned you've been with, with PSI for now 20 years. PSI has a really big year coming up though, don't they? Yes. So this year, 2024, is PSI's 30th birthday. Uh, So March 17th will be 30 years. uh, And then March 3rd through 9th is the 30th annual Professional Pet Sitters Week. Uh, So we're saying that all year long, uh, we're celebrating uh, three decades of pet sitting excellence. I mean, that's that's a long time to be together as an organization. What kind of what kind of what what does that really take to, to be around for that long? I think we can really attribute that to our founder and CEO, Patty Moran. She is such a visionary. Uh, She's credited with being uh, probably the first professional pet sitting business owner in the United States. She wrote Pet Sitting for Profit. And so uh, she really ran with the ideas that she had, sort of carved her path and then wanted to help others. And so that's what we've continued to do uh, for the last three decades, just continually evolve to make sure that we're meeting the needs of pet sitters and dog walkers. Because it has changed a lot. I mean, just not just with things like the technologies that are out there, but just the general awareness of the of the public, right? Absolutely. In the early years, one of the biggest struggles was just helping the general public understand that pet sitters and dog walkers are available. Um, now they understand that idea, but we continue to talk about professionalism and why you want to choose a professional pet sitter and what that looks like. Uh, but then also the needs of pet, pet parents are changing. And so we're working with our members to say, in this sort of new climate, how do you best meet those needs to keep your business successful? Right. Well, and I know you all you have a, a certification program and ongoing courses and education. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. As I said, education is our main focus. So there we... um 
accomplish that in a variety of ways. Our members get a monthly toolkit each month that has a featured resource, a featured article, uh, educational articles they can share with clients. Uh, we have Pet Sitters World Magazine, which is chock full of business tips uh, and pet care tips and information and member stories. Um, we also have free webinars throughout the year. Uh, our free member webinar series this year is focusing on how to market your business more effectively. Uh, and then, as you said, the certification program. And that's a way, while this is a largely unregulated industry, uh, the certification mark shows that you have demonstrated, you have the uh, the skill set needed uh, to offer professional pet sitting services. Yeah, with a lot of ongoing education too, and just access to more resources, because you guys are adding courses and stuff all the time, right? <laughs> we have new courses every month. Uh, we have new resources every month. Yeah. But we found that that's what it takes. I mean, this industry is ever-changing. Uh, we found that our members and professional pet sitters at large are just hungry for more, hungry for more information to make sure they offer the best services. And so we're happy to provide that as best as we can. Okay. Well, that's a super exciting year coming up. And, you know, it's this wonderful asset that the community has and those resources where people can get connected. Where's the best place for people to go for more information about that? Uh, You can find everything we offer at PetSit.com. PetSit.com. Okay. Well, we will have those links in the show notes. Very good. Thank you very much, Beth. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So please introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Austin Weber. Uh, most people would uh, hear about me because I'm married to Morgan Weber, <laughs> who is the owner, founder of Lucky Pup Adventures, Lucky Pup Podcast, Memory Flame Candle Company, and I do the aquarium keeper, so I take care of aquariums as well as all of the fun other pet stuff. But Austin also likes to remind me that he is a co-founder of Lucky Pup Adventures because as I have kind of taken over the day-to-day stuff over like the last five years or so, he technically was our first pet sitter. He was the one who was out doing the pet sitting and the dog walking. And so whenever I say that I you know, was a founder and the owner, he's like, but you don't tell them about me. I'm the co-founder. It's actually my business. I started it. I yeah. <laughs> hey, well, we can, we can fight that out later. Yeah. But... <laughs> But Austin, we just listened to uh, a talk that you gave about keeping aquarium safe and fish alive. Uh, my only question from you is how many fish-themed shirts do you have in your wardrobe? Um, fish-themed total shirts. So I've got like four or five button-ups, and then I got I got so many like T-shirts and uh, tank tops and stuff that he, are fishy. He picked up a Fishes of Hawaii muscle tank this summer while yes. we were in Hawaii. So it's awesome. Oh, okay. I love that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I I love how during the talk, I mean, you spent a lot of time talking about the equipment because that is so foreign to a lot of people because most of it's hidden behind the scenes too. It's hidden behind all the pretty fish, so it's it's really important to know kind of what we're looking at whenever we've got that tank in front of us. Yeah. Um, I mean, if as far as a pet sitting capacity goes, you know, the equipment has to be functioning properly for you to make sure that you're doing your job as a pet sitter. So even just having like a base knowledge of this is what type of filter this is, and this is the very, very basic function of how it works and what it does will allow you know, pet sitters to make sure that it's functioning appropriately, make sure the fish are getting oxygen in their water. So everything ideally is just as good as when the owners left it when they get home. 
Yeah, because you're 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 going in on the maintenance into people's homes, right? Keeping up with their with their tanks as part of that ongoing schedule. Yeah, yeah. I I go to a bunch of different homes and businesses uh, every one to two weeks and take care of aquariums there. You know, water changes, equipment checks. You know, basic basic maintenance to keep everything running smoothly and make the aquarium habitat appropriate for all the live live critters in it. Make it look pretty. <laughs> and clean algae and make it look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how much was that a part of the the pet sitting business that you were running that you, that you co-founded? Uh, <laughs> you know, what, was that a big aspect of what you were doing as well, or did this branch off entirely separate? Um, the the aquarium care came quite a bit later, probably five years ago or so, five six, I guess six years ago. Um, it was one of those things where the retail business that I work at, the owner does aquarium care outside of the retail business. And at one point I was like, Hey, you know, this is kind of a cool job, you know, and I'm, I'm big into fish and aquariums. Like if you ever needed more help doing that type of thing, need ever got busy enough, you know, I, I join working for you in that and he kind of looked at me and said, you don't need to work for me. You don't need me taking a cut of the profit for this. Like you can do it yourself. And then it happened to fall under the insurance that we already had for our pet sitting business that I could go and start doing this. So it just worked out very easily that I could start taking care of aquariums and, and it was just made sense and it fit. And it's something I, I know quite a bit about and I, developed even more since then. So, But I would also say that it's part of the backstory of our pet sitting business because way back in 2012, 2013, um, he started working at Petco. And at part of the Petco world is they also have fish. And when at Petco, they make you a manager of something and they're like, well, figure it out. You know, like we're a big box. We'll give you some, you know, we'll give you some, some education. And- yeah. But, you know, if you want to be good in that role, you have to take the initiative to figure things out beyond the training that they give you. And so um, he was at Petco. We started kind of pet sitting at about the same time. And then he became uh, the manager of the fish department later. And he kind of said, well, this is something that's cool, but I also need to learn significantly more than what I'm currently, you know, what I currently know of. So I feel like also if we hadn't, you know, if we hadn't been in pet sitting, we probably wouldn't spend as much time at in that pet co job, and then you wouldn't have been coming the fish, yeah. you know, the fish guy. So I feel like it all really is kind of tied together. And also, aquarium keepers is the name of the 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 fish maintenance business. Of you know, that's kind of our first step of the ever growing expansion of Lucky Pup Adventures umbrella. That was kind of the first next step yeah. thing that happened. So it was it started the rest of the avalanche of yeah. You know, I, kind of, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I. We started the pet sitting business and we needed another income for me. So that's when I started working at Petco. And then I eventually got promoted a few times. And yeah, I started running the fish department. And I was like, I don't know anything about fish or I don't know nearly enough to do this well. And I learned by doing. So I came home with a 55-gallon aquarium one day. And I was like, this is going to be our new saltwater tank because I learned by doing. And she was like, why on earth? earth would we ever need an aquarium this big i thought well at first i thought aquariums were stupid like let's just put that out there i was like why would but also we got an aquarium because i wouldn't let him have a snake oh because he yeah. tried to bring a snake home i did he... i had to take it back oh like while i was on <laughs> did va- you make it through the door oh it was, no, she I was, was on vacation. vacation she was in new york state 
I was on a, a family trip and I come home and there's a snake in my house. <laughs> and I was like, this, no, <laughs> this is not staying. And now, you know, snakes, whatever, it's fine. But um, back then I was very reptile opposed. <laughs> and I was like, well, if a fish tank keeps you from bringing another snake home, sure, do an aquarium. But I never saw the value of them. And then as we had them, it's kind of an addicting hobby. So we got this is a 55-gallon one, and then we got like a 70-gallon, and now we're up to a 400-gallon aquarium. So, you know, it kind of spiraled from there too. So there's a theme in our lives. Things tend to spiral and grow. <laughs> it gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> so what piece of advice would you have for pet sitters who don't know a lot about aquariums, but need to take care of their clients' pets? And maybe they don't have a whole lot of fish that they take care of, so they don't need to know a plethora of information. But as far as maybe a few clients, what would your advice be? Don't overfeed the fish. Number one, like that is where the most people get into trouble. It's too much food is going in there because most of the time the equipment that's functioning is going to stay functioning. You know, you're not going to have to deal with power outages and temperatures getting weird and stuff like that. So the biggest thing would be don't overfeed the fish. If when you're meeting with your, your client and you're going to take care of their aquarium, if you can have them show you how much food that they use or if they can pre-portion the food for like, hey, they eat every day and they eat this much and you can have them put it in like little Ziploc bags or something like that so that you can then feed the amount that they do because overfeeding the fish is going to cause the most problems in the, like the short-term care space. And then the other thing is rinse your hands thoroughly with water, especially if you are using um, not necessarily perfumes, but especially like hand sanitizers or things like that to clean your hands off because any of those antibacterial things will actually, there's good bacteria that live in the aquarium and can it, and it can totally disrupt the ecosystem of the aquarium. So be careful with what's on your hands and you can rinse them thoroughly with water because if the water from the faucet will take that stuff off your hands, then it won't come off your hands in the water of the aquarium. So if it's not exiting your hands when you wash them, it also won't exit your hands into the aquarium. And I would also add, you know, if you have questions about aquariums, you got questions about fish, you want to learn more information, see if you have a local fish shop in your town because those people are really passionate and they, um, you know, like Walmart sells fish. Well, the people who are cleaning the tanks at Walmart or, you know, feeding the fish, they really don't know a whole lot because they've just been kind of rotated into that position. And honestly, kind of the same thing again with some of those big box pet stores. Sometimes you'll get people in there who are really passionate about that position or that thing. And then, you know, they learn a lot of information. But if you have like a local pet store that sells fish, that's a great place to go and just ask questions because those people tend to be really passionate about what they're doing and they can give you really good information. But not every town has one. Um, and sometimes, you know, again, just like anything, just because they do a thing doesn't mean that they're going to be super knowledgeable or be like, you know, the best explainer about something. But that's another good place to start is just your local fish shop. Yeah. And um, as far as like super basic stuff, um, I know uh, PSI has a learning that I made like two years ago, like a little online course that I did about fish care and and that. So that's a available resource for any of the PSI members that are listening. 
Yeah, and I think I heard you mention you also do some like long distance remote con- consulting with people like are, are really in a jam or really trying to c- crack a hard problem. Yeah, I've actually um, done that with. So we're at the Texas Pet Sitters Conference. I've done that for both Jessica and Kathy, who are organizers of this conference, where I've done uh, a Zoom or a FaceTime call with them, where we've looked at issues with their aquariums and kind of parse through all the things that could be wrong or even as a beginner and they didn't have the knowledge base of where to go to get all these answers. And I kind of walked them through what they should be doing for regular care for the aquarium and, you know, what to watch for, how to take care of it, what, how all their equipment functions, like all that stuff. Like I can generally have a zoom call or a, or a FaceTime call where I can identify all the stuff and what the parts are and how to take it apart and fix it and clean it and what your settings should be and stuff like that. Well, thank you, Austin and Morgan. If people would like to find out more about you guys and pick your brain and get connected, how can they do that? Well, I would say if you guys are, in, people are Instagram users, um, I'm, Austin does not do social media. So it's awful. He hates social media. So if you need to get a hold of Austin, you got to kind of go through, send something to the Lucky Pup account. So um, on Instagram is at underscore Lucky Pup um, or, you know, his Aquarium Keeper things are also there. I think it's at the Aquarium Keepers, but we haven't posted there for a while. But If messages come through on the Aquarium Keepers Facebook, I do find them in a timely manner and reply to them. So there you go. The Aquarium Instagram, Keepers on Facebook. No. I don't, I don't do, I don't do that. We also, it exists. And there's but. a, uh, the web has a website, has a, a consult form too as yes. well. So, yeah. you, know, so you, you could actually find us. a time to, to come, you know, to get together. Email me through, yeah, the aquariumkeepers.com. There's a contact and I, I, I get those emails right, right onto my phone. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, we'll have those links in the show notes so people can get connected and start asking all their fishy questions to you uh, and I'll get take care of their, their client stuff. So thank you both for stopping by. Perfect. And thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. We would love to tell you about our friends at Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members, and that's why Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote at PetsitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to check out. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetsitLLC.com. Hey, we're here with Michelle Klein from DogCo Launch. Super excited to see you and be here at the Texas Pet Sitters Association Conference. Michelle, how you been? I've been great. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a whirlwind weekend, just lots of time with people. You know, it's been great. It's been really fun. Um, So just happy to be here. Also, hi, Megan. Hi. <laughs> Michelle, I actually just saw that you posted something about books that have really impacted you. What? Why is it so important to be a reader? in this industry? We live in such an interesting time where we can really learn about whatever we care about and whatever is going to move the needle for us the most in our businesses. And so reading, I have found, is just one of the best ways to do that because it's content that forces you to really sit down and take it in. It's not like a TikTok reel where it's like, you know, maybe I get a blip from that, but then I keep going. It's content you have to actually have to sit down and really invest in if you're going to make it through that book. Um, there's also a lot out there, which kind of sparked that that top reads list that I just put out because, you know, I want to help people with resources that at least help me. 
Yeah, I know one of the list one on the books on your list was actually the um, Blue Ocean strategy. It's it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know that was that book itself was the inspiration for the pivot I made in my company. Really? Okay. I read that book and I was just like, you know, I think this would be a Blue Ocean strategy in my specific community, and that book really gave me the tools to think about differentiating my business in a really unique way from my competitors. Yeah, yeah, because because that book is all about finding the space where there's really nobody else, and that you can even define some of that own space for yourself. And I'm I'm glad that you mentioned the whole in my community because a lot of times we're so connected these days. I know we've been watching a lot of things about social media here, here at the conference, but just that just because somebody else is doing it across the world or in another state, if it's not being done locally where you are, it's still a blue ocean that you can go to to make it to make happen where you are. Well, and you know, that was a big mindset shift for me in my business because I used to see that as competition, you know, where it's like, well, somebody else already did this somewhere. And it's like, you know, I think actually that's somebody I could learn from. So I really pushed myself to start reaching out to these people, just cold emailing them. What have you learned? Will you share with me? Because nobody's doing that here. Um, So that was a big difference, too. And truthfully, nobody's doing it the way that you do it. And the, your unique perspective on the services you offer and just the way that you do it. Well, I guess this would make it not a blue ocean strategy, but there's just so much business out there and so many dogs. And I think really working on that mindset of, yes, we all bring something really individual into the world. And that in and of itself is a blue ocean strategy of leveraging your specific unique talent, strengths and interests into what you do. So tell us about some exciting stuff that you have going on out at Dogco Launch and things coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So if you don't know who I am, my name is Michelle Klein. I'm the founder of Dogco Launch, and I help companies grow and scale in dog walking. Um, So I really have two main things that I focus on right now. The first, I'm not sure if this will still be open by the time this airs, but if not, keep an eye for down the road. Doug Keeling and I have been working on a solo to team transition business bundle to help companies make that transition. The other thing I do are small group masterminds to help companies scale with dog walking. You can check that out on my website, www.dogcolaunch.com. Cool. Thank you so much, Michelle. Appreciate you. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We're here talking bookkeeping with Tiny Paws. How are you doing? (laughs) I am doing fantastic. This has been a great weekend here in Texas. I'm Anne-Marie Caden, owner of Tiny Paws Bookkeeping here at the Texas Pet Sitters Conference as a vendor uh, for my first vendor event here. How's that been for you so far? It's been really wonderful. I mean, the people here are so gracious and I've had just a, a great time meeting new faces, old faces, you know, making friends everywhere. It's been great. And you even started off the the conference with a talk about KPIs in business too, right? <laughs> I did. I did. My, it's like ripping a Band-Aid off. First time public speaking in a very, very long time since college. But um, again, it's the people here are wonderful. It's a nice warm audience. So it was an easy first time up there. But yeah, we had a great time talking about, you know, important numbers to follow in your business and uh, what to pay attention to. Because it's not something that people really think about or really enjoy the bookkeeping side of things. So that's really where you come in and help people out. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, it's bookkeeping is easily one of the first things people shovel off to the side because it's not the sexy part of of pet sitting. It's um, and it's not the daily task that that kind of 
demands their attention. So, you know, we come in, we help them, we take it over and uh, make sure that they understand their numbers in an easy to digest way. And you've been able to grow a team doing that as well. So congratulations on that. You've got a lot of bookkeepers now. Thank you. Yeah, we have a team of, I have three uh, part-time staff sitters, or not staff sitters, <laughs> bookkeepers. No. Um, yeah, Kim, Dina, and Karina have been wonderful for our, uh, you know, growing our clientele and, uh, you know, just being sort of extensions of me when I can't handle everybody. They're, they're learning to step in and, and, and be my right hands. So in your talk, you mentioned five KPIs that we should all know. What's one that probably people get wrong the most or, or maybe don't know how to apply properly in their business? So one that I find really fascinating is um, customer acquisition cost. It's not something that we talk about a lot, but it's the cost it takes to get one new client to sign on with you. So the accumulation of your advertising, sales and marketing costs in a given time period divided by the number of clients that you gain in that same time period is your client acquisition, the, the amount of money you spend to get one person to come on. And while we talk about advertising costs, I don't know that we always talk about it in terms of the number of clients that it brings in. So it really allows you to kind of dig into each marketing effort to realize that return on investment, that ROI of each dollar that you spend in a given area, whether it's Facebook ads, Google ads, um, or an event that you go to and have a booth at, like what, is it money just going out the door with no clients coming in? So one that we just don't put as high on the list, I think, as we should. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you break it down by, by, you know, marketing effort. That's where you really get a lot of power in that because then you can really see what's coming back to you because sometimes you don't know, am I just throwing good money after bad? Or, or you may, you may, I'm sure you even ask, like, how much are you spending on marketing? And they may say, oh, a thousand dollars. And it's like, what's it getting you? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's that measure of success for you. Exactly. No. Exactly. And it can really help you dial in as to which effort is going to be more advantageous or more effective for you too. One of the questions that you were asked, and I just wanted to to bring it back up here, was somebody asked, what's something that you see a lot of people doing, uh, like spending too much money on or, or not, or maybe not enough money? I don't know from what you see. Uh, one of the big ones that I think people can either overspend or overstretch themselves is across um, coaching programs. Uh, we have a bunch of great mentors and, and coaches within our industry. Um, but I see people who will pick three, sometimes even four of those. Not only are they expensive, but we just don't have the time in our days to commit to four full programs. And so we kind of get excited about uh, something new that comes on the market, a new program that's opened their doors and there's limited space and we want to jump in and get it. But before we know it, we've signed up for three and we've got two hours in our week to do. And it's just not effective. And then again, we're spending money that we're not really realizing any benefit from. Um, that's that's a really big one. Another one that we struggle with is... Um, staff pay. Um, everybody is in the process of hiring staff and the the trials and tribulations that come with that. Um, and we're seeing 
a lot of minimum wage numbers increase and go up and struggling to to meet those along with customer costs. Cool. Well, Anne-Marie, thank you so much for stopping by. And it's so cool and wonderful to get connected with you uh, at the in person now and see you, see you at the conference. So um, again, how can people get connected with you and follow along with everything? Yeah, you can find us online um, on our website, at Facebook, and on Instagram at tinypawsbookkeeping.com. Isabel, how, how are you doing today? <laughs> doing so well. I'm like on adrenaline from the weekend. It's been, in a, it's been a wild ride. It has been fantastic. This is my second year emceeing the Texas Pet Sitters Conference, and yeah. this year it was bigger, better, more in energy. It was fantastic. It was really great. But obviously I have to be on my toes as MC running, checking the time, messing up the time, fixing the time that I messed up, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. There's a lot, there's, there's so much that goes into these yes. behind the scenes. Yes. I mean, what, what kind of stuff do people not really understand? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't do any of the planning. I get involved toward like a month before the conference. We have a couple calls and then they give me the schedule. They give me the speaker lineup. I do, I make sure that I've got a good bio. I kind of tweak the bios. I introduce the topic. So I've got to get my notes ready. We got to make sure that I know the flow of the day, (laughs) which, you know, was the toughest thing about this weekend. It was just like, everything was happening so fast. The hours that people were speaking, Mm -hmm. I felt like it was 15 minutes. And then by 3 p.m., I thought it was still midday because it was just such a fast-moving conference. We have so much content, so many people, so many things to do. And obviously, we want to keep people here only from like 8 to 5. We don't want to go over. We don't want to disrespect the time for the speakers. So it's just a lot, a lot to do. And then obviously there are some behind the scenes things that happened while we were here. So like, you know, making sure that people aren't speaking too loudly. We had one of our attendees give us the best tip. She said that in her kid's school, they say waterfall and everybody says Unfortunately, she only told me about this today on Sunday. (laughs) I wish I had been doing that all weekend, but we try to keep everybody quiet. We try Mm -hmm. to keep people participating. We want, you know, for people to get the most out of their experience. We have to make sure that they know when to get breaks, when not to get breaks. We need to keep the toilet paper stocked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that you was, helped me a, with that. It's a big deal when yeah. you've got what? How many people did we have? 115 almost. Yeah. When you've got that many people in one place, it's the little details. Yeah. Like, I caught you coming out of the bathroom and I was like, hey, can you steal some toilet paper rolls for us? Yeah. <laughs> but, that, we don't yeah. want to run low on that. Yeah. Never. You've, you've been coming to these conferences for years now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you had your pet sitting business and now as MC, for somebody who's listening, who maybe, is nervous about going or unsure, what would you say to that person? Well, I can speak to the NAPS conferences and the Texas Pet Sitters conferences. I went to my first NAPS conference in 2010 and everybody was super welcoming. I went to my first Texas Pet Sitters conference as a speaker in 2017 and everybody is so welcoming. Texas, they're more festive. (laughs) They're more, 
I guess it's it's a little more casual than the NAPS conference. So there's a little more flexibility with kind of like ad-libbing stuff or, you know, bringing on sponsors and vendors to say hello, even though it's not on the schedule. NAPS runs a tighter ship. Hmm. We kind of here at the Texas Pet Sitters Conference kind of respond to what the what the attendees kind of are giving us as feedback in the moment. Naps takes everything like very much according to the schedule. Both are fantastic. I've heard exceptional things about PSI as well. I've never attended one, but I've heard exceptional things. There are people that last year went to four conferences. Yeah. <laughs> so they went to the Florida Pet Sitters Conference, which is a new conference. They came here. They went to NAPS and they went to PSI. And I can tell you that those are the leaders in our industry because they are, you know, doing the FaceTime. They're meeting the players. They're learning from the best. And so I think that if budget allows, go to one of the conferences, whichever one's closest to you. The organization of these top four organizations, it doesn't really matter. It's about getting you there. You might end up meeting somebody who you can room with at the next conference. You're going to learn so much, but you're also going to learn from each other. That's that's the most invaluable thing for me is that you get to see people who are in the trenches with you. You learn what works for them, what doesn't work for them. You get ideas. It's really just a matter of connecting within the industry, an industry that's so lonely sometimes. Right. Yeah. And that's the big thing, getting that FaceTime, like you said. And, and we're so, we're so really, we got four really amazing conferences that it is now pick one that is close to you, maybe have topics that are relevant to you and then go. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the topics may not feel like they're super relevant to you because maybe you're a newer pet sitter and you're like, I don't know anything about SEO. Like, what am I going to get out of that? Cause it sounds too advanced or the contrary. I've been in business 20 years. I don't need to learn about this basic thing. But every single speaker is selected so that they can provide some kind of insight to everybody, to everybody who comes in the door. Um, I would recommend it for somebody who hasn't even started their business and who's thinking about starting a pet sitting dog walking business. I would recommend it to a 30-year veteran of the industry and everybody in between, because there's always takeaways. And again, it's that meeting people face to face and making connections that truly makes it a unique experience and one that's worth the investment. Right. Yeah. Well, how can I know you you also host uh, a YouTube and, and and you have a podcast stuff on your own? I do. How can people get to that and listen to it? Okay. I'm on Covered in Pet Hair on every platform that's Covered in Pet Hair. On every platform, YouTube, Pet Life Radio, all the podcasting platforms, I do a late night TV inspired show. It's also known as a boozy show for pet lovers because we share a drink. My guests and I chat about pet related things. There's some education, but mostly it's just getting to know the people in our industry. Because again, I like to highlight how important it is to connect with people on a human level. Even if you've never seen them before, you don't know what they're doing. They're working hard and they deserve a platform to share all the, cha- the, 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 the difference they're making in the industry. And it's not just for, you know, the industry players, but also for the pets. There's so many people who are passionate about pets that we don't know about and we want to hear their story. And so I let them share that story on my podcast over a drink. 
and maybe some boozy games that we play. <laughs> it's absolutely a lot of fun. I will have links to those. Thank you so much for stopping by and for doing such a wonderful job being an MC this thank year. Thank you so, so thank much. You. It was such a pleasure to finally meet you two in person. Yes. yes. <laughs> I feel like I know you. The second I laid eyes on you, I was like, come on. I can pick you out of a lineup for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> It's been a really fun weekend, uh, and there's been a lot of amazing speakers. I know one of my biggest takeaways was um, on Austin Weber's talk about Aquarium and just how that is such an underserved part of the business. A lot of times we see those uh, sitting in corners, but might not know exactly what's going on. And so it's asking some good and relevant questions is really important whenever you're doing those meet and greets and you're actually seeing what the client has in their home. My biggest takeaway was with Kate McQuillan. She um, told us about reels and more specifically how to create them. And they're very big and scary for me personally. I don't like to be in front of a camera, but she showed us that they're actually Instagram makes templates that you can just plug your pictures in and you can go from there. It, it's not about creating long videos and splicing them up. It's you can do pictures. You can there's there's a lot more. It's a lot less scary than it used to be. And I think just overall, something to remember is whether you go to a conference or you're reading information is that it can be really overwhelming when you get in a lot of new stuff in your life. Uh, as far as that data or the things on your to-do list, it can be really overwhelming. So always taking a step back and assessing what's actually important to me. What do I need to focus on? Maybe what's one thing that I can do? What's one action step that I have that can actually improve my life or my business? We do want to thank Petzler's Associates for making today's show possible. And we want to also thank our Patreon supporters, people like Brandy, Annabella, Mary, Devin, Kevin, Kylie, Julie, Holly, Barbara, Kristen, and Kathy. Thank you all for finding value in the show of almost 500 episodes and continuing to keep it going. If you would like to learn more about what a Patreon member is and join these awesome people, you can do so at petsetterconfessional.com slash support. If you have been to a conference and would love to encourage others to attend one as well, you can give us a call and leave a voicemail at 636-364-8260. Or if you've never been to one and are a little nervous and would like some, some help in knowing which is the right one for you, you can send us a message on Facebook or Instagram at petsetterconfessional. Thank you very much for listening to this today, and we will talk with you next time. Bye.